Hey, everybody. Hi. What's going on? Howie Spangler here. Uh, episode number 60. 60. Tales from the Green Room. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm home. I'm home and I'm loving it. It's like McDonald's in here. I'm loving it. Uh, that's a Pete Holmes joke. I can't claim that joke, but it was pretty damn good. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I'm home. I'm, I'm loving uh, being home right now. I got uh, taking care of the kids, you know. It's, it's just, it's great. Everything's just great. Um, finally working on all these new jams that, that we started recording last month at the, uh, the Pepper Studio. Thanks again. Thanks again for uh, having us, guys, Pepper and um, the Jeffs, both Jeffs, um, for having us over to Kona Town recording. Um, ended up banging out nine songs, and now I'm home, uh, back to my studio. I got the Kemper set up. Um, I got my guitars. I got. I'm doing vocals. Just laying it all down. Just up here, up here, killing it. So everything's coming along nicely. Check the Instagram, my the Howie Spangler Instagram. Uh, I've been doing some some live stuff and you know just kind of random. You know if you if you're interested in checking out the process, you know. Um, got some shows coming up. Ballyhoo. Kind of we did. I think we were out for like seven weeks on this tour with the Expendables and cashed out, which was great. Thanks to everybody that came out. It was a lot of fun. Um, and check out episode 59 with, uh, the Expendables that we did a couple weeks ago, or actually might've been last week. Um, yeah, that was last week. Um, the time flies people. I, I don't know what day it is. Uh, April 6th, Brew River, Salisbury, Maryland, uh, April 12th, Salt Bar, Emerald Isle, North Carolina. We're getting a lot of, uh, chatter about that. So maybe it's going to be a good show. I don't know. We haven't been there in like 10 years. Um, April 13th, Real Cafe in Wilmington, North Carolina, and April 14th at the Boathouse in Myrtle Beach. It's that time again, people. It's it's springtime, and it's warming. Hopefully, it's going to warm up soon. Um, I saw it's actually going to be in the 70s on Saturdays. So that's pretty cool. Um, but it's time to get back to the beach, people. It's time to get back and uh, play shows and drink some beers and, um, you know, wear board shorts. Uh, what else is going on? Um, I don't know. I don't know what else is going on. <laughs> I see that's a problem. I, I draw a blank all the time. Like I'm always constantly working on things, and I forget uh, what I'm doing in life. Uh, today I've got my buddy uh, Gabriel from Fayuka. He's uh just he's my second repeat guest. So congrats to him on that. Um, we uh, talked about a lot of, a lot of good things today. Um, just about like songwriting and the process and loving the process and um, enjoying meeting fans and what it is to engage and, and what it is to be an artist in 2019 um, amongst other things. But it was a great conversation. Uh, I learned some things and um maybe you will too all right everybody uh give it up for gabe from feyuka 
What's up, dude? How's it going? It's going great. How are you? Nice. I'm doing well, man. Good, man. Doing really good. You're my second. Uh, you're my second re- repeat. Yeah, man. The first one was so much fun. We had to get back on it. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah, man. Um, Gabriel from Fayuka. Um, you guys got a new uh, new song out right now. We got a brand new song called "Other Lovers." And uh, we put it out last week on on the on March twenty first, twenty second, and um, it's awesome, man. I love it. I've actually been having it on repeat. <laughs> Dude, I think it's great. I I love it. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Of course. Um, <laughs> we put a we put a lot of hard work into that into that new record, and that was like the first song that was a no brainer. We just needed to just kind of like go out with that one first before putting out the song the the record. Yeah, I think it's a good way to to get the hype going. It's a really, I don't know. I, I really like the, all the layers and just, um, and, uh, I don't know. The, the song itself, it's just, it's just fun. It's, um, I don't know how to explain it. It's like, it's kind of sexy, you know, it's got that, um, I love mm-hmm. the, the major to minor, like the Beatles type of, you know, stuff like very, very cool. Yeah, there's, a, there's a ton of little, little tricks in that song. Little, uh, little songwriting tricks. But yeah, man, it's a, it's a, we, we love it. We're in love with the song, and, and we're stoked to, that people are actually responding very, very kindly to it. That's great. Um, yeah, I was telling you, uh, you know, as this show is for, you know, helping, like, helping artists and stuff, get advice, things like that, um, that I think uh, pushing the streaming side is uh, more important than pushing the iTunes side you know, like sales and stuff. Definitely. Um, um, I saw that you were I pushing the I, pre-order, you know? Yeah, you know, on this song, <clears throat> we just, we always push the streams and like, um, you know, there's there's definitely an audience that's buying our music and there's definitely a separate audience that's just streaming it. Um, for this one, our approach was just like pushing that iTunes just to see if it was still even like, a thing. You know, a side of the industry that makes sense. You know what I mean? Right. Um, we would rather have people, you know, buy the song and own it, you know, rather than stream it and not own it. That, 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 to me, that's like, that's how the song can live forever, you know? But after like the first, you know, two or three days of, of it being released and, and just kind of running that iTunes cycle, the focus then was on streaming just because that's, that's literally where most people hear their music. You know, we, we had more streams and more saves on Spotify than we did actual sales um, in the in the course of those two days of, of pre-ordering. But either way, I think it's just good to tackle all angles that are available to us, you know, as like independent musicians. Mm-hmm. There's like a handful of, of, of ways you can get music into people's hands and and that um, that was one of them. But definitely the streaming is, is, is a lot more popular in, in the iTunes sales world. Yeah, it's not not surprising, that's for sure. Um, yeah. You know, the uh, it's just the way of the world now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, no, I think that's cool. I, I do, I do agree that uh, like your big fans are gonna, they're gonna support and spend the dollar or dollar 29, whatever it is, <laughs> um, to buy the, buy the song, buy the record. And uh, definitely, you know, but I think well, on, yeah. on the whole, like the streaming, you know, it's just where it's at. People are already paying 10 bucks a month. I'll tell you what, what I did notice, <clears throat> um, 
we made a lot of new fans off of the streaming site. And then we did our premiere with, with Root Fire, and they put it on their SoundCloud, and we made a ton of new fans from that. We, we, I mean, it was, it was like, like a clear picture. As soon as the song went up on the Root Fire SoundCloud, and they blasted it on their website, instantly we just started getting more interactions through Instagram and through our Facebook. And, um, you know, the iTunes thing was, was really cool. It charted at number 23 on the, on the iTunes reggae charts, you know. Great. We were, we were sandwiched with like <clears throat> Bob Marley, Inner Circle, you know, the slightly stupid duration. So to be, you know, on the number 23 in the world on the iTunes charts, I thought was, was a, a milestone for us. But so there's definitely people buying it. But I'm noticing that we're just getting a lot of new followers and a lot, a lot like new attention from, from the streaming services. Uh, so I don't know. It was just, it was good to attack both angles and have a, a strategy behind the whole release. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I mean, what, whatever works, you know? Um, yeah, for sure. I would say definitely uh, double down on the on the streaming stuff, um, mm-hmm. and and get people to follow the follow you guys on Spotify and Apple Music, and um, I would I would maybe do like <clears throat> do an ad campaign pushing the streaming stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if you saw if you saw, uh, I mean the the proof is in the numbers, right? So if you saw the um, the the growth on the streaming side like way more streams, things like that, more than sales, um, then focus, focus your, your money on that. I would, I would say double down on the ads and stuff pushing on the, uh, the Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, of course. That's of course. cool. No, I'm just all in all, no matter what, I'm glad that people are listening to the song. That's great. Oh man. Yeah. We're getting such great, um, <clears throat> feedback from it. You know, we hadn't released anything that was like studio. Like we did it like, we did our, our album in like, you know, 2014 or something. And then we released like a live album and a kind of a, a couple singles here and there. And just, we were kind of just focusing on our touring side that when, when we finally went into the studio to hatch out this next record, um, I think people were just like eager and waiting for new music mm-hmm. that when we finally put it out, it was, it was just like, you know, my phone wouldn't stop ringing. The messages wouldn't stop coming in through Instagram. And it felt really good to, to, to get that response from people because, you know, you spend, you spend so much time writing this music in your, you know, in your room or wherever you write your songs. And then you actually record them and then you actually put them out. And like when you're about to hit that submit button, you know, <laughs> to get the music out there, you're like, oh, am I ready yet or not? You know, can it be mixed a little bit better? Is this master ready? Yeah. Um, okay, should I have not said that word? Should I try to go back and, you know, it's just like, because <clears throat> it's going out to the world. And to put it out there and like instantly just get like like the support of like you know one of the one of the one of the influencers that we're that we're heavily you know influenced by Rootfire to have them jump on board with it and just like basically give us that validation of like this thing is fine let's put it out and do the world premiere through our site um, it was awesome man it's, it was it was great we got a really a great response from from our audience. It's nothing like. <clears throat> nothing like hitting that submit button you know <laughs> it's just and it's just done it's like okay you know and then Dude, you wait. the other thing the other thing i'm addicted to is i go on the spotify uh artist page mm-hmm. and i'm just addicted to watching like how many people are listening right now oh the you know, live. Like that live thing yeah the real time sometimes i'm like man where's everybody at <laughs> you know yeah but sometimes i'm like hell yeah you know like 
people are listening. It's cool too, because a good way to use that app, um, especially when you have a new release and you're watching those, those real time streams, um, is absolutely fun to watch for sure. Watch the count go up the little blip, you know, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a couple at a time, you know, uh, but you can you can go on like through the weekend and make a note of uh, of when you're seeing the most plays at that time and when mm-hmm. you're and when you're not and uh, that's basically like that's a strategy um, that you can use as far yeah. as like yeah like when to post and when to um, target ad, like when to target ads and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting to see when your fans are listening. You know. Yeah. Like, are they listening well, at, yeah. at work, like during yeah. lunch break, or are they listening more on the on the drive home? Or are, they, are they listening at night? Like, are you seeing more like stuff like that? Like, definitely pay attention to that stuff because um, I know I have in the past, and it, it's helped out. You know, like I I realized uh, for Instagram, for example, like um, not I don't post in the morning anymore. I post in the like mid afternoon, like after two o'clock sometimes after three o'clock East coast. And, um, we get the most engagement then it's, if I post at like 10 or 11 in the morning, it's, it gets like nothing, like less than a hundred likes, you know? It's probably cause like at about like that time, people get tired of being at work and they just like, you know, they just like grab their phone and start going through Instagram, you know, hiding it from their boss. Yeah. Or like, you know, they're they're on their lunch break or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's like the, you've seen those commercials. You you got that 2.30 feeling, you know? Yeah, the the 2.30 crash, yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's probably, you know, exactly. It's probably like what's going down. But yeah, it's, um, so that kind of stuff, like it really helps like with the, uh, you can trick the algorithm with uh, Instagram. And if you know your audience and you know when they're viewing the most content, uh, that's when you make your posts and it's more likely to get, uh, more traffic. Exactly. Yeah. Dude, the industry right now, the music industry is in this like magical place right now where like, although like <clears throat> some of our peers, like, and, and you know, like bands like that, that are traveling doing stuff, you know, they could have like management or a record label behind them or whatever. But in reality, like it's at a beautiful place where like you can just from your bedroom, I mean, look, you're doing it with a podcast, you know, just from your bedroom, just like get music out to the world on your own without needing any like label backing you just have to put it out there and just and then it's up to you to like get it in the ears of people you know and you know i remember being a kid wanting to start a band and like you're like how do we get to these venues how do we reach them you know how do we find the person who books the venue well now there's like apps and and websites like you know indie on the move that you could just like google like or just search this like huge database of venues across the country you can pretty much be your own agency, you know, like your own booking agent. And like, I don't think we had these resources so easily available to us, like, you know, five, 10 years ago, the way that they are now. Um, Yeah. It's awesome. And then with advertising, like, like you, like you can work in conjunction with, with an agency or whatever, like an advertising agency, but in reality, like it's just awesome to hear artists, even at big levels that are just like very involved in like the overall, you know, development of their band in the new state where the, where the music industry is. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think it's beautiful, Howie. We're, we're at the right at the right moment in the right time. Great. We really are. The uh, with with all the the ability to um, 
you know, make music. I, I essentially, if you really wanted to, you could record a song on your phone and put it out to the world. Yeah. On the major platforms, you know, just yeah. signing up for free accounts, you know, and just doing it. And, uh, that is just, I don't know, such a leap forward from what it was. I remember, I remember back in the day trying to book the band before we had, before we had an agency and, uh, you know, using sites like Jambase, um, mm-hmm. and, and, yeah. and calling friends or other bands that I knew and saying, Hey, what's the venue? You know, what's, what's the good venue in your, in your town? Um, and then calling, you know, I, it would take me two months to book a two week tour down to Florida and back. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, just, and that's calling and emailing every day, all these different venues, <laughs> finding out if they did live music how much would they pay? Could they take care of the bar tab? You know, could they feed us? Um, is there any and, hotel and how many deal? Times would you get a, how many times would you get a show where they were like, you know, we can't pay you, but it's an open bar. Do whatever you want. And oh, like, yeah. Ah, fuck it. Let's just do it. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah. They, they, they save way more money that way. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah you know, there was, it's like we just kept doing that. And, and I guess probably... It was a good two solid years of me uh, booking the band uh, wherever we could, and mm-hmm. and and then finally we got attention from uh, a boutique agency. Um, you know Zach mm-hmm. from Union, Union Artists. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. Um, He's killing it right now with Empire. I know. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say it's yeah. not it's not Union Artist anymore. It's um, that's that's really great. I, I love yeah. that he's he's got a lot of bands, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Everybody's doing stuff, <clears throat> uh, but. Yeah, I got the attention of him um, when we picked up those three eleven shows for the first time back in March of '08, and uh, I think that's when he realized that he needed to jump on board. And from that yeah. point, from that point is where everything just went, you know, crazy. Uh, you know, the, the band like tripled tripled our income that next year um mm-hmm. because you know we picked up the agent and he it's great cuz he had relationships you know he was he was he was he had been booking bands for years and uh knew where to put us these small places bars you know mid-level theaters things like that where we would actually make money and yeah. you know so we went we went from making you know nothing to like you know, maybe 300 bucks a night to making 500 to 750 sometimes yeah. night and and that was just a game changer you know um well because you, you it opens up possibilities to do so much more you know like you know you're 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 eating healthier on the road you're probably making better merchandise now you know you're uh you're hitting these areas where people actually like like to come to your shows and it makes sense because the venues are paying you more and you're able to like get more people through the door and like man like yeah dude, I, I could see that being a huge turning point for any band yeah yeah, money. Money helps. <laughs> <laughs> it helps a lot. But you know, it comes down to just having the right your your head your head and heart in the right place and just like some good music that people are gonna latch on to. Um Yeah. You know, Zach Johnson, I remember we were we were we were doing a bunch of stuff with, with Pinto around that time. Do you remember Mike Pinto? I mean he's still toying, but I remember Mike Pinto. Yeah, you guys did some runs with him. Yeah, I was and tour with him last summer. Zach was my go to guy. If I needed something, I would email him, I'd email Mike and then we would trade shows and it was like very much like just like uh like talking to like another band just you know trading shows back and forth 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's how some of you guys do. I think that I, th- I think that that gets forgotten about um, as you get as you get bigger, as you grow, um, and you're. Yeah everything becomes official. You got this agency and, you know, everything goes through the agent. And so you're sort of, you're sort of like disconnected from that, that, that side of the business, that life, you know, like you're not, you're not the one grinding and getting all the shows anymore. You just pretty much depend on the agent to do that. Um, yeah. And at a point, I, at least for me, um, it, I started thinking like, you know, like remember when we used to just, we would hit up bands and we would show swap. <laughs> like that's how you would do it. That's how you would get into uh, other towns, other markets. Like I would call, you know, my friends in this band called Deburbia in Virginia Beach, and yeah. we would swap shows. They'd bring us down, and we'd try to bring them up here, and that's how we broke into the Virginia, Virginia Beach market, which has become like really great market. Uh, so many bands in, in our, you know, our genre, community, whatever, the whole reggae rock, American reggae scene, whatever, um, it goes through there now. And, you know, Rip Shaka's, that, that place just closed. Uh, I know, I heard. Yeah, we used to have great shows there, man. They just put in this badass, like, LED wall on the stage and always had the, the big scenery and the logo in the background. And um, the place, would we, we would sell it out, you know, and... And then they they just closed, I guess, and we ended up playing uh, Peabody's yeah. across the street with Expendables last month. Um, you think they closed because artists got tired of hauling their stuff up two flights of stairs? No. Well, I don't know if you knew about I'm the sure. elevator, but <laughs> no, I didn't know about the elevator. You didn't know about the, the elevator. Only amp I dropped, I dropped the bass amp all the way from like the top. Oh, man, <laughs> you gotta call yeah, me more. You gotta call yeah, me. No, right? Hey, man, this place have an elevator or what? <laughs> um, the the so like the Peabody, what's that place like? I've never been there. We just played Shaka's in, in Virginia Beach, but I, th- I think it's like a more of like a dance nightclub type of thing. They have DJs and stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, like the stage setup was really like it was man, it was really like kind of weird because it was like a high stage and my head was in the rafters. I mean, you you see, you know, I'm <laughs> tall as I don't, fuck. I don't think most people struggle with that. I think that's just a you and Donald, yeah. I think it might be just me <laughs> and Donald, so yeah, I, but. In any case, it was definitely like uncomfortable, and we were set up in front of the expendables, so like, you know, it's, it just oh, yeah. takes away a lot of the real estate already. Um, but uh, yeah, so that was a little weird. The stage being so, high. and I played other places that have like super high stages like that, but um, you know, where my head's up in the in the roof. But uh, but no, it was a great. It was a Monday night show, and it it, it was actually really good for a Monday. Like I was I was pretty stoked on it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And then we do the Norva over there in Norfolk as well. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a good fun market. I, I definitely advise like all the bands that are any bit connected to this, this scene to, to go through there if you haven't already. Definitely. I'll tell you some of our best shows have been Virginia beach and we don't get out there much, you know, we're, we're from Arizona and to travel through Texas all the way to the East coast and get up there. It's just kind of, it's always been a challenge for us. Um, but we'll do some support tours out there. We've done a couple like, you know, headlining runs where we pick up local bands and, and just, and uh, some of the best shows we've had, just like the Nova is one that, that I remember. We had like a sold out show there with Bad Fish and like just the people go crazy. That place in Oakland, those are two two cities that I think every band should just hit a lot, you know, just from my experience, just from like, from 
from being on stage and just like the crowd being so loud that you can't even hear your monitors, you know? Um, Beatlemania. It's just, yeah, it's just like, whoa. And then that energy, like you just perform so much better. And like, it's like people are just like putty in your hands. Like you can just quietly tell them to scream and they just scream at the top of their lungs, you know? Um, Detroit's like that as well, you know? A lot of Florida, like St. Peter's like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, man. Florida markets are, Florida's definitely a, a great place to go. I, I just got back there with an acoustic tour. I did a tour with Jason DeVore and Scott was on there from Supervillains. I know. Kenny from Resonated. Oh my God. Uh, Hayden from Television and, and um, Mike Sparrow from Authority Zero and Jason DeVore and, and Russ. I don't know if you know Russ and Chris from, from the Meager Kings, but yeah, man, that was like one of the best tours I've ever done, which made me think, why why aren't there more tours like this? You know, where it's just like four or five lead singers from five different national bands fly into one state and just dominate it for two weeks and then just fly out. You know, it was, it was, it was fun. And all those photo markets were just great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, uh, I think Chris, Chris is onto something for sure. Dirty wax. Um, they, uh, I did it last summer with Pinto and DeVore. Um, I know. I saw the pictures, and I was, I was, I just wanted to be there so badly. I know. I when, I, when I saw you guys, like Chris was putting up uh, Insta videos every day, and I was like, "Damn!" I'm, you know, I'm like jealous. You know, I was, I was on my own tour, you know, with the band, but at the time, but uh, yeah, I was like, "Damn, I miss it." You know, it was, it was fun. It was like it's something different. It's it's uh, it's definitely like because it's just acoustic and it's more laid back and chill and everybody's just kind of hanging out around you and kind of gathered around yeah. you and stuff like all the fans, you know, like, um, and, uh, it's just a different vibe and it's not super loud. And I'll tell you what, man, I think that like, and this goes for like any artist, right? Like big or small at whatever caliber you're at, like from that experience, it, the band is great. And, and I love touring with the band, but, it definitely opened my eyes to something new that like people just want to hear music, you know? And, and if it means that you can't get, you know, across the country with your whole band because of, you know, job schedules or because of, of budget or whatever, you know, if you, if you write a handful of good songs and know a handful of good covers, like you should just take it on yourself, just travel wherever you can to get your music out there. Cause this was my first time just breaking away from the band and doing my own acoustic tour. And it was so fulfilling and so rewarding in the end. And like, I just came back like with a whole different headspace of just like more motivated, you know, for my band. Uh, not that the motivation was ever gone, but you know, like it just, at some point it just kind of becomes like, a, like the everyday thing. You just constantly work for your band. Yeah. Um, but it just like made me realize, first of all, it made me realize that we, Fayuka has a lot of love in Florida and I don't know why we don't go more often. So like, <laughs> 2019 is definitely like East Coast heavy for us. Yeah, you guys got to get um, out of here. I will, man, like we did like Baltimore with Bad Fish. And I was surprised at how many people knew us, knew our songs, and just couldn't wait to buy our merchandise because they can't get it. And half of the stuff that's online, you know, it's just like a handful of things that like our, our online uh, merch company keeps in, in the warehouse. But we, you know, we show up with like grinders and, and like, you know, custom guitar picks and shot glasses and t-shirts and all of our albums and, and just people just like, they want our stuff, but we don't go out there, you know, often enough. But, but just doing that acoustic tour just opened my eyes to, you know, the music industry and the touring industry 
is very much alive and, and thriving. And if you're doing it solo acoustically or with your whole band, like it's still, it, there's still some benefits in it, you know? Uh, so I, I guess like for any artist, big or small, you know, it's just something from my experience, it's, it's something that everybody should, should try to experience at least, you know, once a year when they're between tours with their band or something, you know? I totally agree, man. I totally agree. There's a, there's this whole like uh, re-energizing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you sort of get excited again. Not that you weren't excited, but you just get just get that feeling again. You're like, damn, man. Like, we need to come back here and like bring the band. You know, it's it's a yeah. great way to break into a market. Like, just you yourself. Uh, back in '03, I think it was. Um, there was this local bar here, Coakley's, and uh, they're still around. But um, it's like the big local spot around where I live. And uh, they would have like cover bands and blues bands. And, you know, there was no like, there was nobody doing anything like modern and cool that wasn't like just cover songs, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I knew that we were looking for, we were looking for gigs and I, I was looking for solo acoustic gigs and stuff. And I wanted to get the band into this place. And so I went there one night and it was an open mic and I played like, I don't know, five or six songs. And the staff, the everyone there that just lit up. And it yeah. was it was just like, holy shit, dude, like we gotta get you back in here. And so I think that next month brought the band in and we established a, a monthly gig there every you know. And so and we would just play acoustic, full band, but just in the corner there. They didn't have a proper stage or anything, just kind of set up in the corner with a stick PA. And, um, it was just like, it made all the difference, man. And and we were doing this, uh, the same thing across the bridge here at a place called the rendezvous. And that's like where we really cut our teeth as a live band and played acoustic every week, every Thursday night, pack the place out. We'd sell it out. Um, just, just tons of girls hanging out, everybody coming out drinking. It was, it was just a good, uh, fun era. And so I expanded it over here. And it's just the same thing. It was just, it was just catching fire, and so I just feel like doing a solo acoustic thing just really like it really helps. Like it's like an easy way to for people to get into the songs, you know. And I think that's why people love acoustic records, and you know, is they can just listen to it. And it's not crazy aggressive, and they can play it wherever. Well, you know, you know. I mean, I hear this a lot, especially working with different producers. And you know, this a good song is a good song, I think. Right. Like Bob Marley, One Love can be played in many different genres or with an acoustic guitar around a campfire. And like, it's still a good song, you know? And like, I think that tearing it down acoustically where you're, where you're actually like, people can actually focus on like the structure of the song. Sometimes it's kind of like, you know, tugs on those heartstrings a little bit more, you know, with your fans because cause now they're latching on to something that's a little more pure. And ultimately, people just want to just like dive in and, and essentially just like get to know you in and out, you know, from from you know audience to stage level or like you know social media to, to their you know wherever they're at level. And um, definitely doing those acoustic things. I mean, I know that like uh, you know that new chick that's out right now, Billie Eilish. That like yeah yeah dude, I like her songs. I like her videos, whatever. And then she keeps coming up on my Instagram. And I watch her interviews and like, I watch, I watch like her do these like stripped down acoustic sets. And I am like head over heels in love with her music right now. And, 
you know, it's it's not even like reggae or Latin music that I grew up on. So it's not like I'm like, oh, this is like, this is my jam. It's like a new genre that like I'm getting into. But I fell in love with her when I started hearing her perform these songs acoustically with just her and like a piano, you know, a guy on the piano. And because um, then I was like, oh man, she, those songs actually have really good lyrics and it's a really good melody. And oh, I like how they went to that like minor third right there, which I didn't hear it during you know all the production or whatever you know so, yeah, um, yeah I, I there's something about <clears throat> that stripped down uh, you know sort of like that vibe it's it's like honest you can't hide yeah. behind effects and you know a band and things it's just it's very um uh, what's the word I'm looking for just uh in any case it's it's Pure, pure, <laughs> very yeah, raw, very raw yeah. and pure, yeah. Um, vulnerable, 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 yeah. Um, you so know, I'll, I'll tell you what. We're heading out on tour in, on April fourth. We we started tour through the Southwest uh, to promote the single and the new record that's coming out. Um, which, by the way, um, other lovers is one of the the new song is one of those songs that like definitely when we play it like acoustically here, like in my living room, just practicing it for tour. I just fall in love with it all over again because it's, it's, it's a really pretty song. But <clears throat> we're taking out Vonalia and Otic Empire and, and you know, we're hitting like Texas and Colorado and New Mexico and Cali and stuff. But between those shows, you know, I'm, I'm calling every coffee shop and every small, you know, every like small record store. Are you listening to it right now? Yeah, there it is. Are, are you one of these live live listeners that I'm like looking at right now? <laughs> very very possibly. possibly. Yeah, yeah. God, so pretty, so pretty. <laughs> Feel that chorus it's in, like you Dude. just like you know it's the chorus. It's you know, huge. It raises where it needs to go. Yeah. Woo. Hmm. <laughs> hot. Hot, sexy, sexy time, sexy time. I wish I was <laughs> you know, involved I, I, in that I, I, song. I just want to be. I want my name attached to that song. That's such a great I know. song. Well, we we've been talking about writing a record for the longest time. It's going to happen, Howie. It is going yeah. to happen. We need to it's do that. Plenty. I think both of us are just like hustling and like touring and like doing all these other things. That like at some point we're just going to get together and do it. But I'm I'm trying to hit up these like coffee shops and do these like acoustic shows or like even like record stores or, or surf shops or whatever. Um, I'm trying to do these acoustic shows before, like at some point before the actual show, because I feel like with this song, we can hit such a new audience by just sitting in a coffee shop, playing it as a three piece with percussion and like really just like latching in these new listeners, you know? Um, so, so that tour is going to be, it's going to be super jam packed for us. It's just like our schedule is going to be super tight between like, Driving, lunch, load-in, soundcheck, acoustic performances, radio, and, and whatever PR we're doing. Um, but it's so worth it. When, when, you, when you have something that you believe in, like, like that other lover song, that you just like yourself, you're in love with it, you feel like, man, that's the best, best writing I ever did. It's so worth it and so rewarding to go out there and just like play it for people. You know? You know, I'll go to a coffee shop and I'll play for like, you know, a, a, a muffin and, and, and a free coffee. If they just let me sit in the corner and just like play and talk to people. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so. That's great, man. No, it's, you've got to do an acoustic version of this. You've got to do like, and put it out. 
like acoustic version. And even, dude, a fucking piano version of this song would slay. Right? Slay. Yeah. I know. I know. Dude, you got to do that. taking the words right out of my brain. Right out of my soul. <laughs> dude. But, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, we're super stoked about it. But, but you know, there, there's a lot of like cool little songwriting tricks that I mean, I hear in a lot of the stuff that you that you guys do. And, um, and you know, I think that like, you know, once, once you start like hearing them and picking them out, it, first of all, it makes your songwriting a lot better. Mm-hmm. But second of all, I think it makes you appreciate so many other bands that like you probably never really like paid attention to, you know, um, Thrice. Are you familiar with Thrice? Yeah. That is a band that like, you know, I always like them or whatever, but the more and more I hear like their songwriting, it's just like, it's just like magic. They've got great magic songs. In yeah. 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 These guys are cool. <clears throat> yeah, man. But ultimately I think it's just like putting out a song that like that you, that you're absolutely in love with so that, you know, the <laughs> listener can actually like feel the same feeling that you have in a sense. Yeah. And have- then just getting it, getting it out of, to everybody that you possibly can in whatever platform is available to you. You have to be, um, honest with yourself and put out like the truth, you know, like people, people see through bullshit. And this is, uh, if you, if you're in love with it, other people are going to be in love with it. Yeah. You know, truly. and and, and I'll, I'll, I'll add to that. Like if it's okay, if it's pop, you know, it's okay if it's something, you know, like, you know, bubblegum pop or whatever. But if you're truly passionate about that bubblegum pop, then people are going to latch on to that, you know? Look at a... What's up? No, I was... Go ahead. I was, yeah. No, I, I, I was going to keep elaborating on that, but I, I'm down to hear your input. What are you saying? No, no, no. I was just going to say that, that uh, it, absolutely, it doesn't matter what style of music it is. You know, it's... Mm-hmm. There's... Um, if it's what you do, if it's truly what you do, and it's not someone saying, hey, you should do this, you know, it's one thing to have a producer, somebody that that will help um, supplement your sound or help take your sound bigger, you know, stuff like that, or little songwriting tricks um, just to make the song, I don't know, stronger, better, whatever. Um, it's another to completely change your style and do and into something else that you, maybe you, and, and is it's a weird, there's a weird line here because, um, I'm not saying that it's bad to play different styles. I feel, but I just feel like there is some authenticity, uh, issues that happen if you go from playing, you know, if uh, Maroon 5 is always a good example of this. Like I love their first record. It, um, Songs about Jane. Songs of Jane. Yeah, that's that that's record good is so good, and it's like the band, and it's just I don't know. Everybody, the the band is amazing. Those guys can play the fuck out of their instruments, uh, and mm-hmm. Adam's got a great voice, very clean, um, you know. But then you listen to him today, 2019 version, and it's like, well, what happened? Like, is this where music <laughs> went? You know, and like <clears throat> they dropped the band, they got a producer, made a bunch of beats, and then. And then now it's Adam Levine. Right? Yeah, yeah, and and the band still plays and stuff. And it, I don't know. It just feels like a. Um, I, I 
I still like a few of their songs, like when they, every now and then, you know, I'm like, all right, that's a cool beat or like, like that. They did a reggae song a few years back in like 2012 or something like that. It was, it was awesome. It was a uh, one more night. I think it was great. It's like heavy production, oh, yeah. but great melody. And just, I, I thought it was awesome, you know, but, uh, you know, so for, for a band like Ballyhoo to do something like that, or even Fayuka, like it would be weird. You know, it's just, it's not what you're about, you know? And, um, I think, Hey, if you want to start another band, a side project and do that because you're into that. Like you can, you can love whatever type you can love every type of music, but if you've sort of built your band and built your sound on a certain, I don't know, style or whatever, it might be kind of weird to, to take it from, from a to fucking Q. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, you know what I mean? Like, uh, but I don't know. I, I like pop music. Like, to an extent, I like making beats and stuff. Like I've got this other thing that I'm, that I'm doing. I just haven't really released anything on it yet, but like, and it's completely different from what value sounds like, you know, but I'm not going to take those songs and try to make them, put them on a value record. You know, the, the girls album was pretty much as far as I would take that pop sound, you know? Yeah. I mean, (laughs) you definitely do like, like, like kind of like, Flirt around with the idea of pop, but still keep that like pure value sound. I mean, I think I felt the first song I fell in love with you when I first started hearing you guys was on, on pure volume. It was, uh, oh my god, pure volume that Cali Girl song, yeah. The and I was like, man, this is sick, you know. And then, and then that song was it called Boner? Is that the one that was all that, yeah. that boardware compilation, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that was like completely different, but like, you know, and then from what you're writing now, from what you were writing back then. I think uh, you could you could hear the difference where you guys kind of flirt around with that like pop sensibility, but yet you know you're still that like raw. No, here's the thing: when I saw you here in Phoenix and I was watching your show, it was incredible. That the last song you guys play, where Nick just starts like screaming, you know, Red with like bullets. That. Yeah, I'm like, wow, I'm like fuck yeah, you know. Um, but then you go to like, you know walk away or the songs that are more like on the romantic poppy reggae side and like you know you guys definitely do touch on on a lot of different things which is great but it still kind of keeps that same essence of like what a ballyhoo sound would be like mm-hmm. um, there's a ton of bands that do that you know we do that a lot with with cumbia and reggae and stuff and, you know. yeah the, the, but with the girls record we we took what i thought was the best of those kind of pop reggae songs the the that style and i just focused it you know i just mm-hmm. wrote more songs in that way and with all the bells and whistles and um you know i added my i got to add my production stuff make you know the beats and stuff i'd made and like little noises and sounds and stuff i got to incorporate all that stuff where i really hadn't got to do that before and um I, yeah i was happy i mean i thought the i think the record is great i'm very proud of it you know um, so there was, it wasn't a complete departure. It was just more focused in that, that way. Um, whereas, you know, a year later, year and a half later, Detonate comes out and it's, it's like a punk record, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but again, it's, it's also, it's not a departure. It's more of a return to sort of what Daydreams was. Um, Daydreams had more reggae on it, but, uh, I don't know. Again, it was more focused to be the heavier stuff. 
Yeah. And, and I still was able to uh, retain like the melodic sensibility um, mm -hmm. on all the songs. I, whenever I write a song, like um, I don't force anything. But with that said, I always make sure that every part, verse, chorus, pre-chorus, bridge, whatever it is, every part of that song is melodic in the vocals. Like there's got to be a good melody happening. I want it to almost sound like a chorus every time, you know? Yeah. Um, um, <clears throat> that, I mean, that's a good approach. And there's people that start their songs, and we definitely did it with, with the other lover song. Like they'll start their songs where the chord, there's another song on our EP that's called Powerful. We're going to put that out at some point. But, you know, some of these songs started off with, with the chorus, what I thought was the chorus, ended up being the verse. And then the second chorus that I wrote ended up being like the pre-chorus. And then that way when the chorus, the real, the new chorus actually hit, it's just like a brand new melody that's introduced that is catchier than the other melodies that you thought were going to make the chorus cut. You know what I mean? That's great. So like, yeah. So it was a, like, you had, a, you had a big one. It was like, this is big. And then you're like, you write something else. Like, well, this is actually bigger. And then you write something else. You're like, fuck, this is even bigger. This has to be the chorus. <laughs> this, this is the chorus. Yeah. But you know, you do it with intent, you know, like, like that other lover song. So we have the secret weapon in our band, which is our, our trumpet player, um, which actually bad fish, took the stolen from us for a while and it's awesome because like we just like swapped the trumpet player back and forth you know? um <laughs> he's <but> amazing <clears throat> dude danny like you know I've, I've been writing songs all my life and he's been writing songs all his life and he wrote most of other lovers thinking about like what would fayuka do you know mm -hmm. and then when we got into the studio then we just kind of like workshop that song together um with our producer matt, matt keller and where he thought the chorus should have been and where I was like restructuring the pre-chorus that with that, that chorus to like sound bigger, Matt Keller came in and was like, that's not a chorus. That's a pre-chorus. Let's write a bigger chorus, you know? And then I'm so happy he had that suggestion and I'm so happy that we were so like flexible with our, with, you know, we went, we, we went into the studio thinking we're not married to the songs where they're at. This is just a template that we can use. Right. Mm hmm because we recognize that when you get, you know, three or four or five talented people in a studio, so many new things and, and all this magic can happen. So when when we were demoing the song out and we were like, here's the chorus, and Matt was like, no, the chorus should be bigger. Once we hit the chorus and we kind of tracked it, we, we, it was it's cool the way you can record now because, like, you don't actually have to, like, you don't actually have to, like, like set up the whole studio to, like, write a song you just like program those drums in just to kind of keep a placeholder for you right but we just started workshopping this this thing on pro tools <clears throat> and once we we found what our chorus would have been we all went into separate rooms you know i went into the kitchen uh, the producer stayed in the studio the, the danny went outside and smoked some weed and like and then we both we, all three of us came in with this idea for a chorus and it was like all like around the same the same like topic and um and that just made that chorus just like like when it hits like you know it's hitting and it and that's what like grabs you and we just had to like close our eyes and really dig deep into like you know what what emotions we're trying to we're, we want people to like understand like what are these emotions we feel and how do we want to get it across to people and once we hit that chorus it was like 
you know, we had to kind of get into like our personal thoughts and our personal, like, you know, feelings and, and then be willing to put that on a record that actually goes out to the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so once that chorus hits another lover, it's just like, you just, you've been waiting for that payoff the whole, you know, 40 seconds of the, of the first verse, you know? And, um, and that was an example of starting with what you thought was a chorus became the pre-chorus. And then it allowed you to write an even bigger chorus, which it just made it a no brainer. Like this is the fucking chorus, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, it's, uh, blatantly obvious what the chorus yeah. is in that song. You know, it just really, you feel it just open up and that's what a chorus is. Essentially. It, it is a payoff, <laughs> you know, and, mm-hmm. um, to have that, three to four times in, in a three and a half minute uh, song is, you know, it's huge. And um, yeah, well, great, great job on the teamwork there. Um, I mean, that's just. <laughs> I was you wondering when you, when you were going to use your, your little trick here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, th- I think that's great, man. I think uh, having a, a, a producer on hand, that is actually going to provide valuable input, um, especially in the songwriting process. Uh, I think that's great, man. And and obviously here, the the chemistry was right. And Dan is a killer singer uh, yeah. t- to begin with. And I remember when you sent me the, uh, the Mary Jane song a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, I guess he had done the demo version on the vocal. And I was like, fuck, man. I'd, I'd never heard his voice before. And yeah, um, didn't realize it. And I was like, oh, my God. And he hits these, like, trills and stuff. And I'm like, damn, dude. He just has the right uh, timbre in his voice, you know? Well, his mom comes from, like, like Broadway. Like, she's, she was, she's a, a great singer. And um, <laughs> actually, this is an ongoing joke. Because one time she said, hey, hey, Danny, can you? Does Gago know that he goes flat a lot? You know, <laughs> and I was like, "Excuse me," you know. But the thing is, here's, here's the magic about having Danny and Mario doing harmonies for me. Whenever I sing, whenever you know, because I'm singing the song, they know me so well that if I go flat, they harmonize flat with me, and then, <laughs> and then it makes me sound like I'm always on key. You know, it's beautiful. That's, it's like having your like live auto tune. You know, that's so but great. There's so many. There's so many facts. I mean, like support different different yeah on tour like different cities different weather you know allergies what did you eat that day did you get enough rest did you drink a little bit that a sore throat for a year and a half yeah it's just like i'm not gonna be on key all the time so it's, yeah. it's great to have these guys that just know how to like go off key with me and then it just sounds like we're always like in perfect you know pitch perfect harmony that's hilarious I've never, I've never heard that yeah. before it's amazing <laughs> well first time for everything I'll talk but, to my band about that. <laughs> hey guys, when I go flat, you go. Flat. You gotta go flat with me. <laughs> no man, dude, you're never flat. Uh, no, no, I appreciate it. There's a for a while there, I thought maybe you just had like a little pedal to just like to like <laughs> would just like play your play your backing tracks for you, like play your uh, your vocals like on a. That's on a funny. Track. No, I definitely yeah. I have my share pretty much every night of, of something happening. I wish there was a a way to um to mute the the squeaks <laughs> when i'm like hey, when i hit puberty again every night a few times a set 
there's been a couple of times that I'm singing and like I catch it that it's coming on and I go into falsetto. Oh, that's I cool. Kind of save it, you know. That's cool. But yeah. that, that's not often. That's why my friends call yeah. me Whiskers. <laughs> that's one of the most embarrassing things when you're like, you just, you know, you're just like hitting this part. That you're like, yeah, this is like the grabber, and then like, you just like squeal, <laughs> and then you see people in the crowd, like their face, just like, like they can't hold that expression back. It happens all the time. It's funny but, shit. Yeah, whatever. We're human, and, and we're out there giving it our all. If they can't, if they can't put up with a little squeal now, and then. then don't come to the show, I guess. Yeah, it's definitely no <laughs> less uh, embarrassing, though. Every time I do it, I'm like, fuck! You know? <laughs> fucking... <laughs> That's what I feel like every yeah. time. Every time. Oh, man. But yeah, dude, I mean, this is awesome to, like, have, like, like this new stuff out and, like, getting people listening to it and getting a positive response from it. And then just seeing it go from an idea, you know, sitting around with your friends, you know, in, in your practice room, to actually putting it out and seeing and seeing the growth, like seeing the streams come in and seeing like the sales come in and and then you know charting somewhere on the iTunes charts, I think was it was like another thing that kind of gave us that validation. And it's um, yeah, we're super stoked about about everything that's happening right now. That's really great, man. Yeah. Um, so, so you guys got some dates coming up. You're at the, uh, the Boxcar Bar in Santa Fe on the 4th, and then April 5th in Albuquerque, April 6th in Pueblo, and April 7th in Inglewood, Denver area. Yeah. I just saw you. I saw pictures from your show over at, at Smitty. Isn't that place just like a rager all the time? Yeah, complete shit show. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just like I remember it. Uh, yeah, yeah exactly. we, 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 we started playing there in, I think, 06 and, um, yeah, 06 or 07 and it was insane back then. And, uh, this time it was crazy sold out. It was us, the expendables cashed out, amplified. It was just a big package in this, mm-hmm. uh, little place. And, um, but how did you fit on that stage? Oh man, we put the drums up front. Like, oh, really? yeah, they've got this um, riser, but they should just get rid of that thing. It doesn't do anything. All it does is like mess up the whole like if they if they were to take the riser out, you could actually perform like normally with drums in the back, singer up front, you know, um, but yeah. the way they have it is like and basically that 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 riser became just wasted space. Like I would walk up there sometimes, but we didn't have any, anything up there. Like we were going to put keyboards up there, but. We decided to move them uh, behind me to the right. And, um, it, you know, it is what it is. But uh, so I hope that they, they maybe think about taking that riser out and they may have and maybe even making the stage a little bit deeper if they could. But, um, you know, it might be a little more feasible. But uh, but yeah. nonetheless, we had a great time. They took care of us. And um, I love those guys, Adam and Jared. They're they're just they're good guys. And um, yeah, yeah. And really Pueblo goes off, man. They they. They uh, they come out and they they have a ton of energy. So it was it was a great show. Yeah, <clears throat> no, that yeah, that place is cool. I'm stoked to play there. We're playing there on the sixth. Now for the section where we pay the bills. And now back to the podcast. I met Vanalia at a at a show she did here with with Autic Empire and and instantly just like like 
fell in love with her music and 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 just like her her overall like energy and just who she like who, how she like presents herself and carries herself. Mm-hmm. And then Audio Empire, we've been friends with them for years. They were helping us put shows together in Austin. So when we were like hanging out at, at Rock Bar and I was checking out their show, just I was like, hey, you guys want to go on tour? <laughs> like, you guys want to make something happen? And um, it just happened so quickly. Like, we talked about a tour, and then a couple weeks later, we had 20, 24, 25 dates booked. And um, and so, yeah, we're happy to meet up with those guys. Uh, we're doing, like, uh, yeah, New Mexico, Colorado, <clears throat> all of Texas, Arizona. We have, like, a, like a soft CD release party here in Phoenix on May 4th. And then we have, uh, and then we just go up and down the coast of California, just, just reconnecting with people and, and, you know, promoting and performing all the new music. That's great, so, man. That's, that's, be a fun tour. that's the way to do it, man. That's the way to do it. Like you, you go out to, to the local shows, you, you see bands coming through from out of town. And if you're into them, you approach them and say, Hey, what's up? My name's Gabe. You want to, you want to fucking tour? And, and that's just how things start, man. I think, um, like I said, it kind of gets forgotten that that's the way we used to do it. Um, and you sort of get, uh, in your ways, you get sort of like used to everything comfortable. And when you start getting comfortable, it's like, okay, I got to shake things up, you know, just meet mm-hmm. some, meet some other people, meet some other bands. Um, and I think <laughs> well, there's that, nothing more exciting than like, well, for me, like there's nothing more exciting than like just doing what you love and not, not worrying about like, I mean, it's it's important to worry about like what benefits you're gonna get from a tour, right? For example, like financial benefits or growth or whatever. Sure. But but there's something there's something personally, I think there's something more fulfilling when you do something just out of like you know just like the pure passion of what it is, or like the or like the just like the gut feeling or like whatever you know, like whatever motivates you, you know, if if Okay, we put out a new record, we put out a new song. It would be awesome to be out on, on this like big stadium tour or whatever and like not leave Phoenix until we get that big stadium tour. But there's something so exciting, you know, about taking out your friends on tour, not worrying about, you know, how big the shows are gonna be, but just putting one hundred percent into like your marketing and your engagement with people that, that, that you already know in these areas and just building the hype of that tour alongside with like friends of yours, like one of the Amalek Empire, for example. Mm-hmm. And, um, and just like, just, just working, working the angle of just like passion, you know, like I'm just going to do this cause I want to do it and it's going to work because I'm putting 100% of my energy into it, you know? Um, and if the shows are smaller than, than other shows or whatever, you know, you can't like force people to come out to the show, but like, it's still going to be an awesome ass tour. You're still going to have a great time. And, you know, and then you could follow up later with like that big support tour we wanted to do or whatever. But, um, you know, one thing that, that, that I'm focusing on now with, with, the, with the band members and, and with the people on our team, like, like our manager and stuff, is just like, let's just do shit. And I called you one night too, I think like super late drunk. And I was like, I just want to do things with people that I believe in, that believe in me. And I don't care what comes out of it, but I know it's going to work because I'm 100% you know, passionate about this, you know? And like, I'm still, I'm still testing that, <laughs> that, that strategy, but so far it's been working for us. 
And and I think for any artist that that is either starting off or or at a big level, it's just something to consider. Just like you know, Lady Gaga said it in an interview at South by Southwest. I saw it on YouTube, but she was like, "The moment my life changed was the moment I started saying no to the things I didn't want to do, and the moment I started saying yes to the things that I was, you know, inspired by." And um, and it's so true, man. Just like doing what you love with the people that you love, surrounding yourself with those people, I think it does a lot for just like your your morale and like your overall like well being, you know. That will start to show in 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 your show or or like in the progress of your band. Does that make sense, Harry? You know what I'm trying to say, dude. You're absolutely two hundred percent correct. Like it goes back to honesty, honesty with yourself, truth. You know, like if you're, you know, it's. I think it's okay to try things if you're not sure because you just never know. But um, you know, sometimes your gut. It's just like, nah, I don't think so, you know? Yeah. And if you go, if you override that um, and you end up doing something that you weren't really feeling, look, sometimes it can be a matter of like just either being green, naive, whatever you want to call it, like not fully understanding uh, the benefits of what, you know, if somebody, somebody's offering you, um, that's definitely, it's, it's, Person to person, you got to know yourself, I guess. But um, that's why I tell everybody to like study and like learn as much as you can about this business, learn all aspects of it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, get advice, things like that. But your gut, man, it's like if you just if you're not feeling it, it may not be the the best choice to go, to go do that thing, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And and like you said, uh, you just want to work with people that you believe in that believe in you like absolutely man and only do the things that you're interested in because otherwise you're going to be unhappy you know you're going to be unhappy doing exactly. that like what's the point of it you're not here to like you don't go on tour just at like the music is definitely like it's a release it's you have fun doing it um but you don't go on tour just to go play shows i can play shows right here 10 minutes from my house you know i can do that forever but you go on tour to to grow a fan base to to grow, you know, your brand or whatever it is. Like you're, you're, you want people to hear the tunes and um, it's not just going to happen sitting, you know, just having your songs on Spotify or SoundCloud or whatever. Uh, it happens for some people. I'm not saying it doesn't happen. Definitely, uh, you know, Post Malone put out that song. I believe it was uh, White Iverson put it out. Mm-hmm. And the next morning it was like in the, th- like tens of thousands of, of streams and it just went from there. It exploded. You know, it definitely happens if, if you've got that I, thing, but for the most of us, you, know, you got to go work for it. There must've been like a, like a, like a, like a strategy before putting up the song, you know? And maybe, maybe the strategy was let's put it out. Like if we just put it out and it just blew up, like the whole Cardi B thing, you know, he but said, there must, he said that it was, it was just like people were telling him not to release it. But he was like, fuck it, I'm okay. just going to put this shit out and see what happens. And he put it out on SoundCloud, and the next morning, he's just, phone's blowing up, and everything's happening. You know, so, well, you, know, you just can't deny a good song, you know? You can't. And, and, and I think as an artist, um, you know, th- this, is, this is my problem. I always, I always look at everything and overthink things. But um, as an artist, like, you kind of know when it's ready or when, you know, what's right and... and yeah. Like, um, 
I didn't like this whole. We we released a Green Day song uh, early earlier this month. Did that cover of that Armitage Shank song, and yeah, like part of me was like, is this going to be corny? Like, is this weird that we're doing this? Like, you know, we just put out the record. Like, Detonate came out in September. Like, we're still pushing that. Like, is it weird? You know. And then it was like, no, fuck it. This is where I come from. This is one of my favorite songs. Probably my absolute favorite song ever. Um, just because nostalgia and everything else. It came out when I was a kid, whatever. Um, and I love that band. And, and this is kind of where it all started. And then it was like, uh, who cares if you are, if you put a record out six months ago? Like, just whatever. Just get get music out there. Just just do it. And you know. And sure enough, we put it out and. All the all the response has been great. Like they people said we did it justice, and it kind of sounds like a Ballyhoo song, you know. And like it's it's uh, it's got a bunch of streams, and I don't know, man. It's just um, I, I'm glad we I'm glad we did it, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, this is this is my life, this is our life. Like I wanted, I just want to put out music. I don't I don't care about deadlines and like. Well, you should wait, you know. Now, fuck that. I just want to put music <laughs> out, you know. I think there's something to be said about strategy, for sure. Like, you should definitely plan things. And, you know, we didn't just put it out on a whim. You know, it was, everybody knew it was coming. We recorded it last, end of last summer, you know. So it took that long before we decided to just, just to do it. But in the end, I'm glad that we did it. And, and our fans dig it, and we've playing it at the shows. And um, I don't know. It's, it was just fun. I just want to have fun playing music, you know, and do what I want yeah. to do. And I don't want the people in the suits or, you know, whatever it is to that, that aren't artists to be making artistic decisions for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a great approach. That's, that's, that's the way of 2019, you know? Yeah. Uh, I was reading this article the other day cause <clears throat> I'm in love with the music industry. I'm in love with like, the way it's like ever changing but yet you know it the one thing stays the same is like a good song is a good song right mm-hmm. and like i'm always reading these articles and one of them is saying like in 2019 if you're an artist with all the resources available to you put out as much content as you can and don't worry about about anything else like do what you want mm-hmm. and just keep putting shit out over and over and over and over again and then document that and then put that out over and over and over and over again. And then like, because of all of like the royalty streams that are available to us now, it's just a matter of just collecting all those little pennies from all these little platforms, you know? And then, you know, with all of the, the, the tools that we have available now to booking a show in our hometown or across the country, it's just a matter of collecting all those little pennies while you're on the road, you know? And like, you know, money's important when you're a band, especially if you're traveling, because you don't want to be stuck in some random town with no money to like change a tire or whatever. Sure. But, but it's just a matter of just like doing it over and over and over and over again <clears throat> without worrying about, like you said, someone telling you, oh, you should wait. Oh, this isn't ready. You know, like if, if you feel it's ready and, and this is what's going to speak to your artist and to your fan base and you think it's, uh, it's like quality, you know, and, and you're passionate about it. Well, then just put it out. Shit yeah. spreads so quickly now on, on on social media that like this whole idea of like waiting six months to release this. I mean, I, I think it's still important. You know, it's like some people are are taking those strategies, and and there's so many different ways to do it. But this whole idea of like having to like sand, you know, sandbag all this content and 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 leaking it little by little, 
it's not really like it's not the only way anymore, you know and i'm noticing it with this song literally like i was talking to greg our manager i was, I was talking to them about about hey i want to put the song out he's like all right let's put it out next week and then we just went through like the process and then just put it out you know mm-hmm. and like it's not like number one on the billboards but damn it's making some traction for us and we're i mean ticket sales are going up online now after you know after that song was released our our instagram is is getting more traffic and our website's getting more traffic so there's it's actually it's moving the needle you know but it, we didn't have this like huge like waiting game that we had to play we just put it out when we felt it was the right time mm-hmm. you know yeah, i think um, i think the fans like uh, actually hate it when you're like, okay, this is coming out in three months. <laughs> you, yeah, know? I know. Like, you know what I mean? I They're like, fuck, I want it now. But like, <laughs> I think there is something to be said. Like you definitely like, I, I will say this, I will say this. The, the girls record was our biggest rollout and most successful release first week that we've ever had. Uh, yeah. Even, even over, over detonate, which has gotten insane fanfare the response has been all positive whereas girls was like i felt it was positive but there were definitely i saw a few fans because i pay attention to what our fans are saying i like to know Mm -hmm. our audience and definitely a few comments like hey it's a little pop for me whatever and um so but the three months of pre-order that we set up for it and we had all this content we had videos for every single song all 12 songs mm-hmm. on the record we had content different looking stuff it was the same vibe but it was like and the same girls that were models and stuff um but we had something different happening in each clip so every song had its own sort of video and um every week i did uh for 12 weeks i did song of the week basically so i would i would post on instagram an acoustic version of one of the songs just me playing in like a green room or something um and whatever the song was that week i would do that like on monday and then wednesday i would push like i would put up like a lyric meme or something like just basically theme things all around that song for the week and by the time that everything happened we were number one at itunes alternative for the entire weekend we no one could touch us we were it was insane like it stayed there and you're looking like, and is an alternative like a really hard hard place super like hard, hard. hard to place on super dude. hard like we i wish i had a clap one of those clap buttons you have i'd, I'd hit it right now oh dude i'll do yeah. it for you ah yeah <laughs> um so uh yeah it was nuts man like number one no one could 21 pilots green day all these bands were below us for that weekend the entire weekend friday to monday and i was fucking proud you know and uh, so we put Detonate out a year and a half later and not the same sales. Uh, now, the fanfare seemed to be even greater when it came out. But when you look at the numbers as far as like sales and streams, didn't do as well as girls did. Now, I attribute that to um, it's another year of less downloads, more streams, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely affecting it. Um, but it also comes to, you know, we did six weeks of promo versus 12 weeks of promo, mm-hmm. right? So it just, it does make a difference. If you're Eminem, you can put out a record right now and everybody's going to stream it and buy it. It's going to get a fucking million that day, right? Um, well, he, yeah, he's a badass. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and that's what I'm saying. There's like 
all this buzz. Anytime he does something or one of these other artists, if Taylor Swift put out a record right now with no with zero promotion, it would be fucking huge, right? Um, but bands like us, we you know, if you're gonna put out a record and take all the time to make the record and do all the stuff, you want to do some sort of promotion before it, you know. And your fans will be stoked. Your fans are going to love it. But the whole goal is to get outside of your fan base. Your fans are going to know, you know, with, by the end of the day, every, all your fans are going to listen to that record. But you, you know, you got to target people outside of your fan base. Otherwise you're just, you're kind of playing your, uh, you know, preaching to the choir at that point. You mm-hmm. know? And, and, and you want more looks and more streams. I, I don't know that, that, that's kind of my take on it. Um, I'm all about, like, I love the whole punk rock ethic of, like, I'm recording this song today, and it's coming out today. Like, I love that. I am totally <laughs> for that. But that's that's that. You got to have some sort of a business sense about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's so many ways to go about it, you know? It's just, that's the beauty of where the, the industry is right now, you know? Mm-hmm. That, <clears throat> it, I think it all just comes down to, like, how do you how do you engage your fans, you know? Like, and keep them engaged and whatever that strategy is like just stick stick with it you know yeah to me it's um, it's putting out music as much as possible it's replying to everyone in the comments whether it's instagram facebook youtube all of it you got to do all of it you have to monitor yeah. all that stuff if people are taking the time to um say oh my god this song's amazing you know like whatever you know whatever i don't, I don't know why i did thank that voice. yeah you gotta thank them man you gotta go in and thank them you gotta you gotta they you're here because of them you know like yeah. the, you know you don't have the numbers you have just because you started playing music it's because there's people listening and they care enough to get on and give you a minute of their time to say something you got to give it back and um so that's super important to me and i think it should be to every artist and I think Definitely. I think most artists get it, you know. I think I think a lot of artists don't think to do it. I don't think they they don't appreciate their fans. I I think they don't think to do it because to be honest, I'll reply all day on Instagram, but I'll forget that the post automatically went to Facebook, and I got to go over there and reply to those people, you know, because some people are on Facebook and they're not on Instagram, and vice versa, you know. Yeah. So and, and YouTube, you got to do the same. You just have to monitor it all. You know what you constantly remind me of is Twitter. Like, yeah. I'll forget that I even have the Twitter app, and then I just see, like, also I'll get notifications about, like, you know, how we responded to such and such, you know? Because, like, for some reason, like, every single person I follow just comes up as a notification. And um, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, yeah, Twitter exists. So I'll go on there, and I'll see, like, all these back posts. I'm like, oh, shit. So I'll get on and start, like, messaging with people. And as, as dead as Twitter as dead as like Twitter is, like that people say it is. Hold on, dude. Can you hear me still? Yeah. Okay, I thought I lost you for a second. Um, as dead as Twitter, people say Twitter is, I'll get on there and start messaging people. And right away, they're just like tweeting back and messaging back. So there's people still on that platform. And you can't forget that there's, there's like, you know, four major platforms out there that, that need your attention. It's a lot of work. You just got to fucking do it. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of time. You just have to be willing to do the work and put in the time. It's just, there's no, there's no way around it. If you want to make it today as a 2019 artist, band, whatever, whatever you're trying to do, grow your business, say, you know, you're a painter, whatever, whatever it is, 
you need to engage with your with your crowd, the people that are buying your stuff, people that are listening to you, whatever it is, you have to engage. And uh, yeah, Twitter is great for bullshitting. I like to just bullshit <laughs> on there. You know, it doesn't have to be anything, you know, um, that that's great for that. But, but yeah, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, Twitter. And if you're on Snapchat, you know, definitely you just reply to everybody. It's, it's huge. Um, uploading videos, even if it's just grabbing your phone and putting a, a dumb video on Instagram, like, you know, I think I've, I, I like, I think that, um, our fans are, they love the music, but they're even more interested in who we are as people and how we sort of, what our day to day is like, you know, yeah. the mundane stuff as boring as it sounds like, I'm just loading the dishwasher. You know, you just make a video of yourself loading the dishwasher or like I've, I've uploaded videos of me making coffee with my daughter, like shit like that. It's just, it's just mundane and just every day, but like people are actually interested in that stuff, you know? And, um, it, it it shows that, that you're a person and you, you know, you just do normal things. And, uh, I -hmm. think people, uh, like to see that, you know, definitely. Yeah, document, document, document everything that you do. Document. Yep. It it sounds like like if you're like if you know you have like an old school mind or whatever. Like it sounds like you know like I, like why do I have to do that? You know, it's like if you want to if you want to run a band in this in this day and age, you just have to go with with you have to go with you have to go you have to know those rules, you know, and you have to play within that box so that you can break them and and then. And then maybe break out of the box a little bit, you know, but like if, if everybody's shifting into like social media platforms and they're no longer buying the paper or picking up the, you know, whatever the, whatever the week, the entertainment weekly thing is in every town, you know, like, oh, here's called the New Times. More people go to the New Times blog online or more people get their news from the New Times Instagram, you know, why fight, why fight? that new way of thinking where everybody's hanging out at waiting to get their, their info, you know, um, document the whole thing and just, and just put it out there and just kind of like give, give your fans what they want to see in a sense. Yeah. I think, uh, I started, I started my band in the nineties, 1995, right in the mid nineties. And what was it like back then? (laughs) This is, (laughs) this is, yeah, this is where I'm going with this. If you started your band in the 90s, even if you started your band 10 years ago, 2008, and before that, you need to forget everything. Forget everything. You need to unlearn everything you learned because shit is completely different now. Like, it is just a different world. There's all these, there are all these platforms. Um, It's completely different people want to be able to get in touch with the artist it wasn't like that in the 90s you couldn't just i couldn't just you know reply to um to uh hold on i'm getting a call jesus christ uh send a voicemail there it goes um you you can't i couldn't just reply to like billy joe armstrong back in 1995 and there was a possibility that he would see it and reply back to me you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I couldn't. Has, act. He, has he ever replied to you? No, he hasn't. But um, it's the, the <laughs> possibility. It's it. There's 
there is a one there's a one percent possibility that he would see my my tweet or my Instagram post and reply back. You know what I'm saying? Like it what that wasn't possible back then. Um, and so fans can get in touch with their favorite artists these days. It's just the whole thing is different. The playing field has been leveled with streaming. You can sign up with CD Baby, TuneCore, um, fucking anything. You can master your songs. You can, like, with Lander. Like, it's insane. There's all the stuff completely leveled. Everything is different. You're only as good as your best song and your your tech savviness, your 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 prow your prowess, you know, like that's mm-hmm. the only way you're gonna stand out amongst everyone else that's doing exactly the same thing you are. You know? Um I feel like if it was nineteen ninety six, my band would be fucking huge now because I feel like we've mastered our sound and what we do. We know how to do this, you know? We know how to do the music mm-hmm. and the quality's great and all this stuff. And it's just we were for the longest time we were just stuck in that mentality and only recently like literally the last couple of years has, has it been like an eye opening thing? Like, Oh my God, I got to This is yeah. just not what it was. Like I got to recalibrate, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah. In the nineties, forget well, I about it. When you started seeing the, I bet you that's when you started seeing like the growth in your shows. I remember going on tour with you like 2010 and we were doing small room, you know, and they were like halfway full. And then, then I remember going to your shows like two years ago and they were like, I mean, there was a couple of sold out shows, crowds were huge. And then, then I just like, I remember like, like just like sitting backstage watching you guys play. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, like you, you, you caught on, like, you know what it is that needs to be done. And then actually like from an artist on over here on the, on the West coast, like seeing what you guys are doing all over, all over the country, I think it kind of like put things into perspective and saying like, you know, got us thinking like, okay, here's a band that like, you know, five years ago was doing small rooms that is, is playing in our, in our, in our sandbox, you know, we're playing in their sandbox and they're doing it, you know, in, in an independent DIY kind of way, but obviously with, with, with some, some people behind you that, that, that help you with, you know, whatever, you know, booking, whatever. <clears throat> and seeing that growth, like in your band, I think, and, I, and people mention this like whenever we travel they're like oh yeah you're friends with Howie oh I love Valley Hoop and they just start talking about like Valley or whatever and like you know I think we all saw that growth happening and it, and it was just that once once we started seeing bands like you um, at, at your caliber doing these things like finally catching on to like what needs to be done it's like when instantly it was like night and day like your shows just like doubled and tripled you know and I think that's something that like you know something to be, there's something that's admirable, but also something that like bands that are just starting off now should just like look at these like, you know, bands that are like at that caliber and, and, you know, what are they doing and how do I, how do I do something like, you know, similar to that? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I know exactly what you're Um, saying. It's it's a result of years of work, you know, years of hard work. And I feel like uh, once you feel like, um, once you're on stage and you're looking out and you've got a sold out room, it's great, but don't stop. Don't rest because that shit can go away like that. You got to stay on top. You got to, you got to keep working. Don't get comfortable, man. You know, and it's, um, there's plenty of shows. Trust me. There's plenty of shows, plenty of rooms around this country that, um, we haven't filled. And I know we've got still a ton of work to do, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just, it's never going to end. 
Um, I'm not you know, exactly where I want to be, but it's, I, I know we can get there. One day, no one's going to, I have this mentality every day when I wake up, like, you know, like one day, no one's going to want to book you and you're going to wish you did all the things that, that you said one day you would do. Right. Mm-hmm. Like one day, no one's going to book you and you're going to wish, you're going to wish that you did all the things to keep you relevant where people want to book you, you know? Yep. Um, so while they're booking you and like while, while there's a demand for you, while your fans are asking for music, while like, while people actually, you know, care about what you're doing, just milk that attention and maximize and do as much as you can. Like we'll pick up shows in some towns like that, that you know, even some of the guys in the band have been like, Hey, why are we playing the small town in Arizona where we can be doing like, you know, a hometown show in a, in a big ass venue or something. And it's like, because they asked for us and it made sense. And like, you know, and that's easy. Why are we that's easy. You yeah. don't want to do easy. You know, you <laughs> yeah. want, you want to make why, it tough. Why are we going to deny the people that want to hear it? What would you say? You want to make it tough. You got a claw for it. Tooth and nail, man. Yeah, for sure. You could go back that, and do that, the easy, comfortable hometown show as well. But like, got to get out there. I had a guy approach me a few years ago and he's like, Hey man, how'd you guys get so big? I'm like, well, I mean, I guess we're pretty big or whatever for what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was like, I don't know, man, we just got out of town. We just, we just started playing shows and, you know, calling other bands and other cities and going across the country and doing it, sleeping on floors. Definitely. He's like, well, I don't want to play for like 10 people. I'm like, get out of my face you know like <laughs> well, if, if, this isn't if for only you 10 people want to hear you if only 10 people want to hear you you know go to those 10 people you know like <laughs> and make those 10 turn into 20 that's the know? mistake he made you know yeah that you I can't have that mindset that it's fucking they're not yeah. doing shit that's what i'm saying you, <laughs> yeah. you have to this is work man you have to be in it to win it and it's not this fucking shortcut to success and fame and money and everything it's like don't, that's not what it should be about. It's not about money and success and fame. I mean, success, it is about success, but it's not, it's a, it's a level of success. It's whatever your version yeah. of success is. It's not about fame and money. It's, and you know, just, just get out there and do mm-hmm. what you love and be honest about it. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Dude, those long drives and the, and the long hours, you know, we, we've taken some like new crew people out sometimes just cause they want to experience tour and it doesn't fail every single time. They're like, ah, oh, I'm so tired. I've been, I've been like up and working for like 16 hours and like, hell yeah, you are. And I'm like super energized, like at three, four in the morning, you know, and then I'm up at like seven with my coffee. It's just this like, this like excitement of just like, just working. And by working, I mean, just like, you know, not missing any opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And like, and then realizing and identifying the opportunities in front of you and then figuring out what that give and take is that's going to make sense for you and for the other person who's, who's, you know, like for example, booking a show, you know, like what's the give and take, you know, and, and how do we make this work? Because it's, if somebody wants to book you in some small town, six hours away, you know, right off the way, you're like, Nope, no thanks. I'd rather go do, you know, Los Angeles or some big venue with some big band. Um, but the opportunity is there. Like how do you turn that opportunity of playing that small bar in that small town that you've never been to when there's, you know, 10 to 20 people that, want to hear you and, and, and go to your show how do you turn that 10 20 people in that small town into a loyal fan base you know Amarillo is a great example of that right <clears throat> my drummer player had an epiphany the last time we played Amarillo because 
when you see Amarillo on the tour schedule on a Wednesday night, you're just like, why, why can't we just have a day off in like Dallas or something? <laughs> or, you know, but <clears throat> it's not ideal. We played, <laughs> we, we played Amarillo like two or three times. And then, you know, at first it was like 30 people and then 30 turned to 50. And then we booked some like local bands or like got like, you know, 80 people out to a show. And then now like we went to Amarillo on like a, on like a Wednesday or Thursday and sold out the place. You know? It's amazing, and, man. Yeah, it's a small town. It doesn't make sense, but shit, on a Thursday night, you're selling out of markets. It's like 18 hours away from your from your hometown. Like, I call that success. That's great, took, man. That's what it's all about. Yeah, you're, you know, you're, you take you take the opportunities and, and you maximize on it, and you and you figure out how will this make sense for me? Not today, but you know, in the future. That's you certainly I mean? one of the, one of the uh, big things, advice that I, I like to give from time to time is that, yeah, you could go play the theater. Maybe they'll let you in, but why not go sell out the small room in town? Do that, mm-hmm. do that a couple times, create demand. You want your fans thinking like, Oh my God, they're going to come. I, I better get a ticket. Cause it's going to sell out. It sold out last time and it sold out the time before that. You know, and then you you naturally grow into these big rooms. If you start going to these big rooms and you're putting a hundred people in a five hundred cap room, you know, or an eight hundred cap room, it's it's just it doesn't look good, and it just it's, it looks it looks pitiful, honestly. You know, it's just like there's all these holes in the crowd. Like great venue, great backstage. They got a shower, like. Awesome, great, yeah, cool. They got a curate. No one there. There's no one fucking here, dude. You shouldn't be here. You don't belong here yet. This isn't for you yet. You need to grow. You yeah. need to build up to this. Go sell out the small room a couple times. Create demand, and then move to the, the to the big theater in town when when the time is right. Don't be premature about it. And mm-hmm. and that's where a band like mine. We've been playing for 24 years, so it's like it's easy for me to go. Oh man, I'd rather play that room. It's so much nicer, you know. But sometimes we yeah. eat shit and we go play the, uh, a smaller room that that has a crappy green room and you know stuff like that. But it's I don't know that it, it's just dumb to to do the, the the alternative, you know. Yeah, no, I mean I agree. I mean I I live my life by that, and I think that like there's a lot of bands that 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 think the same way, and those are the bands that we that we're like homies with and do shows with and we do show trades and you know sometimes we bend over backwards for them and sometimes they do it for us um because it's not about the opportunity today it's about the opportunity tomorrow like here's an example we got a support tour a support show offer in like san diego for like like some live nation thing right Mm. and this was a couple of years ago and we're supposed to drive from phoenix to san diego to play 30 minutes and we couldn't pick up any other shows around. There was like radius claws, and there's also like we just didn't have enough time to book it. And they were only giving us like like a hundred bucks, right? It was something very low. <laughs> and when I presented to the band, the band the band's like, dude, I don't know. Some of the guys were like, yeah, let's let's do it. Some of the guys at the time were just like, uh, oh, you know, if, if you guys believe it, I believe I believe as well. But financially, it did not make sense. There was no way we could make it six hours to San Diego play for 30 minutes, drive back the same night to come home. Right. Cause you know, we couldn't afford a hotel or anything. And we didn't, we didn't have any, any homies have to stay at <clears throat> that one show opened so many doors for us with live nation where, where then, you know, fast forward two years later, we're doing the main room headlining 
House of Blues, San Diego, you know, 300 people to the door kind of thing. And it was because that one show was our foot in the door that at the time there, there wasn't much to gain, like, you know, just like at the surface. But what came of it later, like two years later, it just like, it all made sense, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like finding these little opportunities that, <clears throat> that at the time may not make sense to you, but if you have the right mindset, and you and you and you and you play the game the right way, and you're still passionate about coming back to the, to the city and like building something there. Two years later, you might see you you could see the benefits that'll basically you know pay back the debt you went into driving, you know, twelve hours round trip um, yeah. for a hundred bucks. It's you know an, what I'm saying? It's an investment. It's like Definitely. you can't you can't. I try to say this too. Like, don't try your hardest to not make decisions based on money. You know, if the pay is not great or, or, or whatever it is, or the it's going to cost you more to make the show happen than it is to, you know, not. And like, um, it, you think about it as an investment, it's longevity. It's like you, you're thinking about the big picture. If I do this now, you know, a year, two years from now, this is going to, you know, this is going to come back and be, and be a, a great thing. You know, mm-hmm. like you don't know what's going to stem from this, you know? And, uh, I think a lot of people get, get that stuff wrong. And we've done it in the past. Like we've had to do shows just because we needed the paycheck, you know, you got to eat, mm-hmm. you got to pay for the, the van or whatever. It's like, there's realities, there's, there's things that happen, but, um, you know, if you got to take a loss, which we did for a very long time, you know, you got to take mm-hmm. a loss. You just got to do it. And, and you got to find a way to survive resilience. And that is what separates, you know, the true believers from the people who are just like, ah, fuck this. That shit didn't work, you know, and they're, and they're out, you know? It's like, well, this isn't for I you. Quit. Yeah, I quit. Dude, you know how many times I said, in the, I said to the band, ah, I quit. I'm uh, done with this band. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm like, I'll just sit at home. I'll manage the band. Danny, you're the lead singer now. But I say it jokingly, <laughs> but like, it's because like, man, I lost my ass on this show today. Oh, well, I quit, Yeah. Yeah, it's but, very easy to throw yeah. in the towel, you know, and I've, I've, I've quit many times, you know, but it's just, yeah. you know, <laughs> you I, always go back. at the end of the day, yeah, you love, you love it. And this is just what yeah. you want to do. And, and, and at this point, we've put so much into it, so much time, so much effort. I've lost a lot of hours with my family over this and, you know, to yeah. just, to just stop would, all that would be in vain, you know, definitely. And especially when I know that potential is there it just needs the there's something's got to click something's got to hit and everything explodes you know mm-hmm. and then you're an overnight success and think about like your, your kid googly eyes looking at you like when their dad is just like at, at the peak of his career you know like <laughs> you know like oh that's my dad on stage you know yeah you know my no. son does it with me now like just here at home playing my guitar but he's three and he doesn't know he doesn't know <laughs> Yeah. My son, uh, he's he's eight. He'll be nine next month. He uh, a few weeks ago, when I was home for a couple of days, I was putting him into bed. I was tucking him in, saying goodnight. He's like, he's like, I'm so, I'm so. He's like, I'm so glad you're my dad. I was like, oh man. I was like, why? He's like, because you're in a band, and that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Just melts your heart, doesn't it? It does, it man. Like and yeah. it makes you. It reminds you. Okay, I gotta. I got to keep this going. I got to preserve this. I got to make sure these kids have everything they need. And I'm so far in it, you know, it's like, 
I got to work harder. I got I just got to work harder. And I, I yeah. want my kids to have what they need and, and have the opportunities and, you know, and I'm Definitely. not working a real job. So this is it. This is my job. You know, this is your career, man. Yeah. There's no, there's, there's no other, there's no other way around it. If you want to make it a career, you have to like be all in or get all out. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think um, if you have any inkling of if you're an artist and you want to see what it's like to tour and you know, absolutely go do it. But the minute you're like, Oh my God, this fucking sucks. That's when you're just like, <laughs> you're out. I mean, everybody says that, you know, but like it's, you'll know it. You'll feel it. You're like, I don't like this. Just get out because you don't want to do 20 years of this if you're, if you're not happy with it. <laughs> you know, you know it's what, what I'm waste most your time. infatuated, I'm most infatuated with like the chase of it all, you know, like the challenge. Like there's been times like, where we're like, here's like, you're broken down in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no mechanic shop for like another 20 or 30 miles, you know, yeah. obviously get your AAA or get some sort of like, roadside service because you definitely need that if you're traveling sure yeah but <clears throat> the challenge of like how are we gonna how am i gonna go from where i'm at right now to figure this out you know um getting through the show like also like you rehearse your set every show is different you know your in-ears might go out and you got to try to figure that out you got to have a backup plan and like the puzzle of of putting everything together and chasing that, to me, is what I'm most, like, infatuated with. That's why, like, you know, before before we were with, like, an agency and had representation, for me, it was, like, like getting my coffee, sitting on my computer every day, looking at a map, and then saying, okay, how am I going to make this tour happen, right? Yep. And then once you commit to it, and you have these gaps in the route, it's like, shit, I can't fail now. I'm already so into this. Like, <laughs> I need to finish up this tour and just, like, pulling resources out of, I don't know where the hell you get them, but making those phone calls, you know, you know, buttering up the right promoter to give you that one show on a Monday night in that random ass town that you've never been to. Like that chase. I, th- I think the kids nowadays are calling it the grind, right? The grind, yeah. Like that, that part of grinding is what I'm most infatuated with. And then I'm more, I'm also most like, I got, I'm very attracted to watching other people and how they do it and their, and their success story or like what their daily grind is like. And then just seeing like what results come out of it. I'm just like really, I don't know if like, <clears throat> say music never works out for me. I don't know if, which, which is probably not going to happen because of the conversation we have now. But say like, you know, the band doesn't work out and all crashes and burns and we're just like, okay, what do I do next? I wonder if there's a, if there is another career that like I would just go right into that that kind of plays around with those those two things like the grind and then the and then the analyzing like what other people are doing because that is the stuff that gets me motivated every single day. That's why I wake up at like six thirty every morning. I mean, I already have my coffee ready by six thirty in the morning. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just like I can't wait to get online and I can't wait to start working. You know. Um, I'm right there with you, man. Right there with you. The the rise and grind is is the I, rise and grind. It's it's huge, man. It's huge. It's the rise and grind is what I live for. That's I rise, yeah. I start grinding, and I go until I'm asleep, like into the, into <laughs> yeah. the night. Like there's no stopping, you know. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, I totally, totally understand that. We're, we're on the same page with this stuff, man. I love this. It, I feel like uh, the, when we finally do like buckle down and, and write that record, it's got to be called The Rise and Grind. <laughs> the Rise and Grind. <laughs> and gonna... we're, we're going we're gonna to launch like a, like a coffee line, you know, we're gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I love that. Yeah. No, this, I think that's what's going to be the, the title of this episode, The Rise and Grind. The Rise and Grind. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's awesome. Well, but, shit, man. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that's just what's motivating. And like <clears throat> with the tour that we're doing in the spring, um, it, it, you know, the one thing that's constant is just the passion for, for performing in front of people. And like, just if it's like one or 1000, it's still the same show. And then with releasing a song, like the one thing, one thing that's constant is that like we, we locked ourselves in our, in our practice studio and like, and like really just like wrote the best music that we possibly we can and we want to get it out to people. So I think that like, you know, it's not all about like, social media and and budgeting well, all that stuff is important but i think ultimately it's just like all the different aspects of of you as an artist how do you work each single one of those to its full potential you know mm-hmm. um some bands may have resources greater than your than, than what you currently have like you know in front of you but that doesn't mean that that you're not doing the right work um what i'm trying to say is like <clears throat> you know looking at like what what you have and where you are right now as a band how do you take those resources and just maximize you know the reach from that you know if you know there, there's some bands here in town that I'm, I'm friends with that are just starting off and i'll have like two hour long conversations with them because they want to talk about like hey man how do i book my first tour hey man how do i write a song or whatever and one thing that like is like consistent through the whole conversation is like look at what you have available to you now right and then make sure that every single part of 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 you as an artist you're using all of those resources to maximum capacity you know and don't look at what other bands are doing because you don't know like what they have going on you know on the back end you know you'll get your band and where you want to be and utilize the little resources that you have now. The starting band that just did your first show at some small venue in town and you had your 30 friends show up. You know, how do you take that? Don't look at like hard numbers, look at percentages. How do you take that small, you know, that, those limited resources you have now and just like maximize the hell out of them? So you make the most fans out of it, get the most reach out of it, make the most money back out of it, and play as many shows as possible. And, and and get as much merch out there as, as you possibly can with the resources you have available to you right now. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think the worst thing you can do is compare yourself, you know, to yeah. another band or whatever. Like don't, um, whatever you're, whatever they're doing is not necessarily going to work with what you're doing. And the music is different. Every, I mean, I don't care how you say it, all these bands are similar. Everything's different. There's something different about it. And whether it's approach or, you know, management style or, or, or whatever it is. Like, don't compare yourself to other artists. Just do what you do. Keep it honest. Keep it real. Just keep it fucking real. And just do mm-hmm. the things that take your thing that you love, that, that thing that, you're, that your product you're putting out there, and just go as big as you can with it. Get it everywhere and just and keep pushing forward. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing, you know? And, and, 
at the same time, yeah, it's great to to take advice and, and get ideas and tips on maybe how to make things better as far as like the the business side and stuff like that. But um, or maybe maybe you see another band doing something cool on stage that you oh we should do something cool like that or whatever. That that's that's all fine. But when you start comparing yourself, you start to kind of you start to kind of I don't know degrade yourself a little bit or or like you get down or whatever. No, just keep moving forward. Just do what you do. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody has a different, everybody has different resources. I mean, look, dude, I can hear a band, and I said this on the last, on the last podcast we did, Bumpin' Ugly, and Brandon's Delivery, I am in love with it, right? Yeah. Um, and sometimes I'm like, damn, I wish I could write songs like that, <laughs> you know? But the truth is, is, look at the, like, the region, like, all the bands, from the north, from the northeast, that that I've like learned about and, and been into, they all have one thing. And it's like their lyrics are just so so perfect, you know. Uh, Joey Harkum is one that like he's great. Man, that song, um, you poor broken thing, you know whatever that song is, <laughs> um, dude. I play that on repeat over and over and over, and I'm like how can I write a song that beautiful ever in my life? But the bands from the East coast have something that the bands from the West coast don't have it's, as, and vice versa the bands from the West coast. Have something. And like, I'm noticing that like these East coast bands just have a way with words. And I think it's, it's, it's something in the water that you guys have over there, you know, something in the air, something in the overcast in the winters and something in like, you still have a beach, but it's freezing cold, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're not like, so you guys have more time to like, and this is me making assumptions, right? This is not hard facts on Wikipedia or anything. Like, I'm assuming that you guys have more, more of an environment that allows these, like, you know, East Coast bands to, like, have a certain delivery with the, their songwriting. And, like, I could hear a West Coast band, and you get the beach vibe, surfer, you know, like, you know, kind of vibe and like these two genres are great and they're 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 all blowing up and doing their thing but when i hear like on spotify some random band pop up and i'm like i bet you it's an east coast band and i i google them and yep they're from baltimore they're from new hampshire you know like it happens like i think i'm like i'm like like 10 for 10 on this right now with these bands so like whatever that that is i think it's just like based on region so like you know, say you're a band from Arizona, it's like stuck in the middle <laughs> between all this, like, you know, to like, to take from those two elements and, and obviously you can't compare yourself, like our, our life shit, it's, it's 120 degrees out here in the summertime. We're not talking about going to the skate park or going to the beach, you know, yeah. we're talking about staying inside in the AC and surviving the next three months. That's what I would do if I lived um, in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Well, you know what I'm starting to, I'm starting to put tours like on the coast. Like yeah. as soon as like, June, July comes through. I'm like, all right, we need to get to the coast. I'm getting out of Phoenix. You know, need to find but, water. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, I think that like each region has its like, it's like, you know, powerful element and, and, um, and you have venues available to you that are different than like, you know, a band that is from Texas, you know? Mm-hmm. So the mentality is going to be a little bit different. The resources are going to be different. The approach to how you book your shows is going to be different, you know? You know, you call California, it's all through email, but you, you go to, you try to book in Texas, it's all through phone calls and text messaging, you know? Um, and this is like, you know, like the entry level touring, you know, kind of thing. 
Um, <clears throat> but definitely like these bands, like depending on the region, there's like there's like a different approach to things. And I think this is beautiful how like how each region is approaching it differently, but yet they're getting similar or the same results. And it's just like, you know, fan engagement, fan growth, record sales, bigger shows. Um, do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like that's just, that's just something that I've noticed. And I don't I don't know. One day I'll write a book about it when I, when I gather enough information. <laughs> yeah. But, but I noticed that like a lot of these, like uh, East coast bands just have like this delivery. This is admirable, you know, with, with their lyrics. That's cool. Yeah. I'd never really thought about, thought about it that way. Pay attention. Now you'll notice it. I will. Yeah. <laughs> no, I've always been uh, slightly jealous of Brandon's lyrical prowess. For sure. How does he do it? I it don't seems know, like man. he just sits there with his guitar and he just like spews words and then that just becomes a song. Yeah, yeah, he's just really, really good with his words. I definitely um definitely admire him for that. I'll have him, you know, I, I've just worked on their second record, on the, the second record with them, the, the one they just put out, and uh, the experience was the same as far as, you know, I got him in, the, that, in, my, in my bathroom here on the mic. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, where do you come up with this shit? You know, that Buzz album, you did that one? Yeah. Oh, good job. <laughs> Dude. I wish I had one of those clapping sound effects. I'd give it to you right now. Oh, I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's honestly, man, like they just write great songs and the band just is even bigger this time around and they've got more instrumentation and, they're writing more as a band and it's just, you know, it's just the growth and I'm just there to like correct them when they fuck up. <laughs> that's really all I did, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, man, there's so many bands right now that, like, that are, that are just like, <clears throat> just really kind of killing it in their own, in their own way. And I think it's, it's just where the music industry is right now. It's just such a beautiful place where you, you could, you could have a career on this, you know? Um, you could you could kind of like in, in in a sense you know for lack of better words be self-made and you just like put the right amount of work into it and write the right you know the right music that you know the music that that you want to write you know the best music that you possibly can stick um, to your guns yeah that's all i can say I think, stick to your guns definitely yeah the music industry is a very beautiful place i'm very curious to see where it's gonna where it's gonna go after this you know there's been like there's been talks, you know, I'll get emails from like BMI where like they're, there's like all these, like they're changing the way the royalties are paid or like, you know, Spotify being more popular. Like it's probably, it's, it's, it's either going to like blow artists up or just kind of make it harder for all of us. Cause now there's like, you know, more, more, their resources are just thinning out, I guess, you know, um, also like, uh, you know, just like the oversaturation of so many bands being able to kind of do it on their own. Facebook advertising getting a little bit more expensive. Um, I'm really curious to see where it's going to go, but I feel like no matter what, like those, those rise, rising grinders are always going to figure out like the new way to keep thing, the, keep the buzz going. You know what I mean? Yep. Should always, should always be exploring, you know, uh, new things and new platforms and, you know, just trying to stay, stay ahead of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Time will tell. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to see like where, where all these bands are going to go and, and, and how the music industry is changing and how it's going to help all of us just kind of just keep, keep this thing going. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Gabe, it was fucking awesome to talk to you, man. Um, 
everybody so everybody can get the the music at what Spotify, Apple, just everywhere, right? Yeah, it's all over the place. Um, wherever you listen to music, we just put some. We just put up a lyric video on our YouTube. It's just just like Fayuka music. Um, so you can like really dive into those lyrics. There's a lyric video up there. Spotify is probably the most the most reachable one right now because it seems like that's where everybody's going to. Um, save it on your playlist. Download it on iTunes. Uh, however it is that you want to you want to listen to music but just listen to it and just spread it to all your friends it's like if like anyone listening like if you think it's a good song that you think somebody would like don't hesitate to hit that share button it's so easy to yeah. share these days it does it for you automatically you just hit share and then it says share to your to your timeline you know <laughs> yep. um but yeah man uh get the music um <clears throat> on uh on spotify or, or wherever you listen to music and then Tour dates are up on our Facebook and our website, and and just Google for you for tour dates, and we'll be doing a lot of touring in 2019, just promoting all the new music and the new record that's scheduled to come out. That's great. I'll I'll put a I'll put a link in the description on the podcast, and I'll tweet it out as well. Sweet, thanks, man. Dude, it's been great talking to you, man. I always love these these uh these uh little podcast chats. Dude, it's good to talk um, to you too, man. It's like uh. I feel like our, our knowledge has, has grown a lot since the last time. So it's, uh, we should definitely talk more. Definitely. Well, <clears throat> once we get some time off tour, let's get together and do that album, the Rise and Grind uh, EP. Dude, I'm into it. In All right, sick. Well, dude, thank you for everything, man. I really appreciate the time. And um, I'm, I'm down for the invite anytime, anytime you have something open for me. You got it, man. Thanks so much for calling in, dude. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right, bud. Later. There you have it. Told you, man. He's he's a good dude, and we're like on the same page um, with this stuff. And I feel like I don't know. It's just a, just it's just a fun conversation to have, you know. Somebody that gets it, you know. Um, hope you learned a lot because I did, um, and it reinforces the things that I thought I knew, you know, which is great. Which means hopefully I'm on the right track. Hopefully you're on the right track as well. I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so. It's a step in the right direction, I'll have to say. Um, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to the latest supporters of the Tales from the Green Room podcast. Sam, Christopher, Alina, Aaron, Michael. Thank you all so much for uh, joining the family. Um, it really all it really helps. Uh, if you're interested at all in, in supporting the podcast, you can go to talesfromthegreenroom.com, hit the support the podcast button. You can pick 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99 a month. You can cancel anytime, no hard feelings. Um, it all just helps, you know, try to inc- improve the quality of the show and the frequency of the show. Um, I really, I'm trying to get to these as much as possible. I do have a lot going on, but, um, <clears throat> you know, the podcast is a great time for me to talk about all this kind of stuff. So, uh, if you're at all interested, hit the support the podcast button and, uh, I greatly appreciate it. So thank you to everybody that's done that so far, um, getting a healthy little list of supporters here. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really amazing. Um, it means a lot to me. It really means the world. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram or YouTube, make, make sure you look up Howie Spangler. Uh, hit me in the DM. Let me know what's going on with your life. Uh, if you have any questions, anything you want me to address, uh, just hit me up, you know, and uh, let's talk. Uh, thank you once again for listening to Tales from the Green Room podcast. This has been episode number 60. Um, thanks to Anchor. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again soon. <laughs>